track by track. Don't enjoy the music. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So hello, hello. Turn your smart speaker on and turn it up because on the turntable this week, we've got Hormonally Yours by Shakespeare's sister. Ah, yes. Another duo, another act that we've long time said we'd love to cover. We're ticking them off our list today, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Dan... How are you? I am very well, thanks, Will. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm a bit flushed. I've just come in from uh, from the gym. Yeah. Boxer size. Mm. Box. So boxer size on a. Well, it's a Tuesday today, obviously. It's an episode release day. When is your jazzer size? And is that a Thursday? Jazzer size is Thursday. Bums and tums is Friday, uh, and then Betty's boot camp is on a Saturday. Well, how the hell do you fit in your water aerobics? Uh, uh, every alternate Sunday, actually. Oh. So church, but you have to you have to dodge around the baptisms. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You do it in the font. No. 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 They're just they're using the pool for the full immersion at the moment. I don't know why, but uh, oh, backlogged. Back. Well, not yeah, you. I mean, up. don't go if you are. But I meant the uh, the list. No. Always, always go to the toilet before you go swimming. Yeah. Uh, and don't eat an hour before you go swimming as well. And don't be drunk whilst you're swimming as well. And no heavy petting. No heavy petting. You fell foul to that once, didn't you? I've been I had my wrist slapped a few times for that. Well, you'd like to you like to get your old chap in the water, don't you? Yeah. Well, we're trying to get that dirty dancing routine down to a T. And as you see on the film, it's safer to practice in water. Safer to practice a lot of things in water, actually. Yes, uh, water burst. Anyway, we've drifted wildly off the point already, and we're just two minutes into the episode. Um, what? Who are we? What are we doing again? We are track by track, and we are doing. Hormonally Yours by Shakespeare's Sister. So, yeah, Shakespeare's Sister, uh, Sister Act. uh, That's not a reference to all of that business. Um, Bananarama, obviously, big fans. And obviously, one of the, well, the founding member of uh, Shakespeare's Sister uh, was originally in Bananarama. Yes. So this is Siobhan's project. Siobhan Fahey, I should say. This was her post-Bananarama project and it started off as a solo project where she was going to work with various different artists but then she hit it off with the lovely Marcella Detroit who herself uh, was a singer, an artist, a musician, a songwriter. She'd performed with so many incredible names before backing vocals and other things and together they became the incredible Shakespeare sister and they delivered this phenomenal Second album. And I don't want to kick the hornet's nest uh, too early this week, but I think we should get it out of the way, first of all, before it comes up later on, we're into the music. Why did Siobhan leave Bananarama? Musical differences, Will. It seems to be a term that's banded (laughs) around when bands break up or members leave. I think it was just that. And actually, if you listen to the music she went on to create with Shakespeare's sister... Uh, and with the album that came before this, Sacred Heart, you know, it's a very different sound to what Bananarama were doing at the time with 
Stop Aching Waterman, wasn't it? And even to what Bananarama went on to do with Pop Life, which is the album that came after she left. Get well soon, Siobhan. <laughs> Get well soon, Jerry. Oh, Dan, you didn't need to do that. Our listeners know what when we do something like that, they, they, they're on the same page. I'm not sure, Will. I like to cater for all markets. You don't have to spell it out with a pencil. Work it out with one, like that Work it out bloody with a mathematician. Well, I hope it wasn't bloody. mathematician. That was the joke, mm. wasn't it? Mm. Uh, what does what do you do with a constipated? No, what what's the joke? Uh, oh, did you hear the one about the constipated musician? Mathematician. Uh, <laughs> ma- mathematician. <laughs> How would a constipated musician work it out? With a violin bow or something? They'd make a right song and dance about it. Oh, oh create your own joke. <laughs> so Shakespeare's sister, Siobhan Marcella, Marcella. Uh, Siobhan founded Shakespeare's sister in 1988 and then in 89 Marcella Detroit uh, came along uh, and they've been kind of in and out haven't they over the years yeah so after this album which of course was a huge album and had that huge hit single which we will come on to talk to of course Marcella am I saying it right Marcella Mar- I know it's Marcy I'm going to say Marcy 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 left the band, not on her own terms. It was on quite sour terms, I'm sad to say. And the band continued as a solo project for Siobhan, as it was initially intended. And then in 2019, it was like hell froze over and the two got back together after they didn't literally didn't talk to each other for around 25 years, but they got back together for the uh, the Singles Party compilation album and the Shakespeare Sister Ride Again EP, which had some incredible new music, uh, and they did a wonderful tour as well across the UK. And Siobhan did uh, a lot of stuff in the in-between years as well, and Dan, her Pulsatron still uh, sticks in my head. Yeah, she did some incredible stuff on her own, and, you know, across Shakespeare's sister, the history of the band, there's some great music. Uh, but for me, this is the pinnacle of it. This I've just really, really enjoyed revisiting this album because I haven't listened to the album start to finish for a few years. And I just can't stop playing it, Will. It is a masterpiece. And Dan, why are we talking about uh, Shakespeare's sister and more specifically hormonally yours this week? Because, Will, believe it or not, and this is one of those ones that's going to be like a punch to the stomach, it was released 30 years ago this week. (coughs) Yeah, that was me taking a punch to the stomach. Not I've ever had one, although you've often tried. Mm. So, yes, and this Hormonally Yours was released in February 1992. Uh, It was the second studio album from Shakespeare's sister, uh, and uh, second one for quite a long time then, wasn't it? Second and final one for quite a long time. Yeah, so after this, it would be 12 years before number three came out. But of course, Siobhan did work on other projects in the interim. And of course, Siobhan did return to Bananarama for the original lineup tour as well before. I, I really do get the feeling that that's what made her think about getting back together with Marcy and, and doing the Shakespeare sister thing again, because of course the Banana Armour reunion tour was a huge success. 
uh, you know, we went to see it. It was an incredible tour. I think they did five back-to-back nights at the London Palladium. No, not the Palladium, the uh, Apollo. And then that came to an end and Bananarama went back to being Sarah and Karen. And I imagine Siobhan sort of thought, well, what now? And also, why not? Why not do the same thing with Shakespeare's sister? And I'm sure many, many fans are so glad that they did it. What now and why not? Let's get stuck into the music. Let's get struck in. So, side one, track one. Oh, goodbye, cool world. Goodbye, Cruel World, their opening track and the lead single from the album. And Will, what a jangly start to things. What a jangly and slightly Celtic start to things, it sounds like, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Like I think if you went into this album, and I'm sure a lot of people did, after falling in love with the single Stay, and if that was the only song of theirs you heard, you might have been forgiven for being a bit thrown off by this because it's very kind of early 90s indie that driving sound but then what i love about it is it because it is a shakespeare sister album uh song sorry and they they're throwing so much more into the mix so you've got the operatics from marcy you've got that sitar sound thrown into it as well and what i like as well is uh, throughout the album you've got those two very different vocalists so with this one siobhan's kind of prominent throughout throughout on the vocals she's got that deep really brooding vocal and then marcy comes in with doing what she does it works so well together and it's a great way to start the album and show how it works and that was always the the joy in shakespeare's sister wasn't it the juxtaposition or oh no i had one of those for a while of uh the two voices and that's why i think why they were so loved, but also why the music still stands up now because it's so bold and striking. This, you're right with the kind of guitars and the kind of indie sound, but I think at its heart is a really wonderfully well composed melodic pop song. And, you know, we love to do the backing vocals, so there's plenty of oohs and ooh-la-las as we went through there. Lots of ooh-la-las. And also... I didn't hear this. My other half has got a really good ear for hearing what another song sounds like. So actually, Siobhan and Marcy might not like this, but he, as this song was playing, he was saying, wow, it's very similar to Heroes by David Bowie. And there are certain moments of the build and the bass that that sound like that. But actually, I'm sure they would take that as a huge compliment. And there's much more Bowie influence throughout this album. Uh, and I'm sure they'd be delighted to hear that. And I think this is what I love and what people love about Shakespeare's Sister. It's taking that pure pop uh, that comes, you know, that banana armory pop with some what might people might consider, not us, which is not our, we wouldn't throw this down the corridor, or more authentic music. Sorry, 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 sorry. And, can you know, bringing the two together as well. Dan, hang on. Do you know what? I think we're... Very analytically 
correct and anatomically correct this i'm not sure about the latter but the former absolutely where's it all coming from it's is it because we're not drinking no no this is this is the way we are we've probably used all the big words we know on track one though we've blown our load too soon oh always the way on this podcast Mm. now dan this was a single wasn't it Yes, so as I said, this was the lead single from the album, released in September of 91. However, it only peaked at number 59 at the time. And it is worth noting that from the album that came before this, the debut album, Sacred Heart, there was only one top 40 hit from that one, which was Your History, which peaked at number seven. The other singles from there either didn't chart at all or didn't hit the top 40. Of course, this was a huge album with lots of huge hit singles and Goodbye Cruel World was later reissued Uh, following the huge success of Stay and I Don't Care. And then it peaked at number 32 in July of 1992. Yeah, much better. And, you know, again, after everyone probably got the album after Stay. Uh, So July of 1992, when this one peaked at number 32. Number one, you had Jimmy Nail with Ain't No Doubt. Ain't No Doubt is playing the scene. (laughs) elsewhere in the top 10 you've got snap rhythm is a dancer you've got roy orbison i drove all night erasure with abaresque and in at number five madonna with this used to be my playground oh and now it's been turned into flats oh regeneration is that the word i'm looking for just gentrification just gentrification or regeneration oh mixing my Or maybe you've made your own hybrid there, Dan. Well done. Thank you. Also, Will, if I can, if I can just for a second talk about the producer on this track, because he only worked on two of the songs on the album. So this is Chris Thomas, who has worked with the likes of The Beatles, Pink Floyd, Paul McCartney, Sex Pistols. So um, some some quite good names on his list. Wow, yeah. Some all legends there, actually, mm. then. including Shakespeare's sister, and it was written by Siobhan and Jean Goy Goy Goy, which is actually a pseudonym for Dave Stewart, her oh. husband at the time. Track number two now, and here is I don't care. I don't care if you talk about me. I don't care there. Oh, this is one of my favourites on the album. I just love that chorus. And the refrain in the chorus is just wonderful. And it the, when, the, when the track starts, it does remind me a little bit of The Pretenders. And again, I'm sure they love the connection. Absolutely, yeah. That, sort of, that very specific style of beat and guitar playing. Also, I got hints of The Smiths from it which, of course, Shakespeare's sister, they're named after a song by the Smiths. Um, So I'm sure, again, I'm sure they wouldn't mind that comparison. But even before the music kicks in, you've got that wonderful theatrical moment. And I think, again, it's just what Shakespeare's sister do so well. You You think you know where the song is going. And then they throw in these different elements. 
And it comes in later on in the song as well, the kind of middle late breakdown. It, it goes from this almost skiffle-like track that you can click along to and bob your head to. And then it's Mars's operatics. And then you've got Siobhan giving an extract of a poem called Hornpipe by Dame Edith Sitwell. So stick that in your hornpipe. How about that? Isn't that what they used to call you at high school? What? Dame Edith Sitwell? No. <laughs> That's the saying it behind my back. <laughs> it's quite a specific, uh, quite a specific piece of bullying. Mm. The best kind. Yes, and you went to a, a comp as well, so yeah, well done. Mm, thank you. Well done. Well, the school. Well done, the school. Oh, for getting me here, where I am today, on track yeah, by track. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> I'm on the wall of fame at the school now. You know. <laughs> Not really. It's to close that school down, actually. Uh, anyway, I, I again, I love the fact that this plays to their two sort of personalities as well, doesn't it? Where you've got a slightly anarchic side and a slightly more professional side, and as we know. That goes, comes into play a lot more so later on through the album as well. Uh, the single cover is testament to that, as well as the video itself. Yes. And as you said, this was a single. This is the single that came after Stay. So, of course, it had huge boots to fill. But it did peak at number seven in May of 1992. And when it did, number one was Please Don't Go by KWS. And Please me. don't go. Don't go. Babe, I love you so. And new entries in the top 10 that week from Guns N' Roses with Knocking on Heaven's Door and CC Peniston with Keep On Walking. Oh, the difficult second single for her as well there by the sounds of it. In at number 10 though. Good for her. Hmm. Finally, also, a follow-up everyone was saying at the time. <gasps> Some great lyrics in this one as well. On this song right, I should say... It's Siobhan, Marcy and Richard Feldman, who's worked with the likes of Eric Clapton. Interestingly, Marcy's done a lot of work with Eric as well. Uh, and also Ed Shima on this one. And then producing is Alan Mulder, who we definitely have spoken about before. Most likely for his work with Depeche Mode, but he's also worked with the likes of U2, Foles, LaRue and The Killers. But the point I was getting to, well, before I trip myself <laughs> up, was <laughs> lyrically... Lyrically. I love that line. We hurt the ones we love the most. It's a subtle form of discipline. And interestingly, there's a few lines in this album that I think, looking back, maybe they were writing about their relationship with each other or or just by chance. That's what it's come to sound like because, as we said at the start, it didn't end well. Uh, Siobhan sort of ejected Marcy from the band publicly as well at the Ivan Novello Awards in front of an audience as Marcy was on stage. Um, in a in a speech read out by uh, someone from the record label or management or something like that. But yeah, lovely that they brought it back together oh, in the end. To have been a fly on the wall there. You'd have bloody loved it. You'd been sat there with your G&T watching it all play out. Well, actually, at, at this year's National Podcast Awards, I'm hoping to do a similar thing. <laughs> if we get invited. Which we will. Uh, will, I don't care if you talk about me as a lyric. And I actually, I do care. If you talk about me. Uh, and uh, from that, it leads very nicely into the next track. Uh, because this is something like I feel I do a lot of. Uh, and I often get to. Mm. With you. <laughs> My 16th apology. Do I have to go down on my knees? 
that's my 16th apology, and I have to correct you there, Will. I don't think you've made 16 apologies in your life. No, you're right. I probably haven't. A bit of dramatic license there, but also uh, I never need to apologise. Although I do imagine you have had to go down on your knees when you've said the wrong thing. Now, my 16th apology, uh, This I, the line uh, with friends like these, who needs enemies, still strikes a chord now, doesn't it? With do you think with the gals or do you think with with you and I? Do you mean? Well, I just I think in general, I'm not, I didn't want to pin it down to anything or oh, for you sorry. to come at me. But um, <laughs> case in point, mm. well, <laughs> well, uh, you backed me to a corner when I acted. It is a great song, though. I love the xy- I think it's xylophone. Will As we often say we're not musicians, but there's a sort of a xylophone sound throughout this one that adds a bit of a peppier, poppier sound against Siobhan again Siobhan's got that wonderful deep vocal on this one uh, and then Marcy coming and doing her thing kind of peppering those operatics and those whistle notes throughout there's such a lot of guitar in this album so far even more so here where you've got that bass running through which I know I, I joked while we were listening to the track that it sounded like I'll be missing you a little bit but um but then you've also got the the other guitar what do you call the other guitar that would be the acoustic or electric. Electric guitar. Any of those. Yeah. Oh, look, we're back to normal again. <laughs> is it a guitar or is it a violin? Not quite sure. Oh, who knows? Who cares? Oh, no, we care because it's track by track. It's all about the music. It's track by track. Also, uh, Marcy, as well as on vocals, she plays guitar. She plays uh, harmonica. She does the programming. Uh, so she's very much in the instrumentalization as well as the vocal and sharing lyrics as well with uh, Wish of All. Uh, this was a single, I have to say, it wasn't, uh, I mean, it was the final single, wasn't it, from the uh, from this album. So uh, Diminishing Returns, as I often say, led it to getting to number 61 in the charts. Yeah. Who pipped them to the post at number one that week? <laughs> if it wasn't for this act, they would have had the top spot again, probably. <laughs> probably not. Uh, number one in this week of February 1993 was... No Limit by Two Unlimited. No, 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 there's no limit. But you've also got new entries from Depeche Mode with I Feel You and Michael Jackson with Give In To Me. And then huge hits there. I Will Always Love You from Whitney Houston, Deep from E17. I'm Every Woman from Whitney Houston as well. Are you going to go my way, Linda Kravitz, Little Bird, Annie Lennox? Why can't I wake up with you? Take that. You're not going to um, do all 60, are you? <laughs> I need to get my puffer if I do all those. Well, yeah, your 60-a-day habit is long behind you, thank goodness. Yes, it is, for now. And the, the lyric that sticks out for me, Will, even more so than with friends like these, Who Needs Enemies, is the things I said about you, maybe we could work it out someday. Again, definitely feel like it preempted what came next. Okay, track number four now. And Dan, this is what you said to the boy from the chip shop when he finally acknowledged your order for a battered sausage, chips, mushy peas, gravy, <laughs> and a pea fritter with plenty of salt and vinegar. Uh, unwrapped as well, because you like to carry them, carry it all in your arms and eat it on the way out. Are we in love yet?
So, Dan, that was Are We In Love Yet? This, uh, you know, we're just throwing in, you've, you've got the fantastic guitar work and vocals in there, but a bit of funky disco in here as well. Yeah, real funk with the guitar and the bass and the horns and the hand claps. And this is the first non-single we've had, but I think this is just as strong as everything we've heard so far on the album. Absolutely. It's not letting up. Uh, and I would say this would have made a great single. Personally, I would have gone with this as a single over my 16th apology. Really? Mm. I mean, I, I think this is... Oh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this now. I'm going to say it. I think this is certainly up there with one of the strongest albums we've ever talked about in terms of quality throughout. And so I don't disagree. This could easily have been a single, but I could. I, I think that about a lot of the songs on here. Dan, you you always do this. You get carried away, and then you say something you can't take back. I know. I, I don't. I'm not going to take that one back. Well, I don't want to take it back. Mm. Oh, actually, I'll take that back. No, I don't. Indignant, indignant, <laughs> wavering, <laughs> indignant. This is as well. This is one of the first times we really get to appreciate Siobhan and Marcy singing in unison. You know, a lot of what they do. Look at like, of course, look at Stay, the the biggest track they've released. It's often about the two personalities working almost against each other. But here, you get to see them singing in unison. Of course, it's what Banana Rama did throughout their career. Yet with Siobhan and Marcy, those two so different vocals and just working together so well. Chalk and cheese, Will. And who doesn't love that? Exactly. It's Chalk and cheese. It's a great, com- great, great, it's a great combination, is what I'm mm. trying to say. Like a, uh, a Cheshire cheese, quite chalky, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I don't like it. It's a bit... Yeah, not for me. I used to like it, but can't off it. No, and also, it doesn't... For all the effort it is to eat it, it doesn't really taste as good as, you know, chomping down on a nice bit of cheddar for mm. me. Or I know you like things a bit bluer. Ugh. Oh, I mean, I love a, a good, strong... It's got to be a strong cheddar. But yeah, a bit of uh, Bishop's... Uh, was it Bishop's Foot or something? What's, it, what's, what's that really strong one called? Bishop's... Stinking Bishop, yeah. <laughs> also, what I love about this one, it's got a real sing-along vibe to it. I was listening to this early today, Will, and all of a sudden, in my mind, I, I was probably meant to be doing some very serious work or something like that, but I escaped, and I imagined you and I, the Queen Vic, around the piano, having a good old sing-song to this. Oh, lovely. It's been a while since I've had the piano out, isn't it? I haven't watched it for years, but I don't imagine it's something they do, not with all the murders and all of the uh, secret plotting. No, there's not really much to sing about nowadays. Right, track number five, then. This is me after talking about the good old days of soap operas. Emotional thing. emotional thing there i kind of i don't like throwing in too many this sounds like this this sounds like this but sometimes those influences are so strong or maybe accidentally that sound of something legendary is there and for me as soon as this one started i was getting hints of talk talk specifically it's my life but then that quickly switched because those kind of plucky string synth sounds came in and it almost felt a little bit kind of 90s r&b in places 
And I'll tell you what it absolutely doesn't sound like, and I don't want you or anybody getting this into their heads. It does mm-hmm. not sound a bit like Things That Go Bump in the Night by All Stars. Well, and that's why you weren't singing that over the top of parts of it. Absolutely. I've said too much. <laughs> uh, again, energy, 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 as we're heading into the uh, uh, towards the end of the first half of the album. Uh, it just keeps going, and this chorus is like an almighty electronic hoedown. Yeah, absolutely. There's those electronic elements that make up the verses, as I just said, but the chorus, like you say, it's foot to the floor, it's indie, it's roaring. There's hand claps and a lot in there. It really does make you want to sing along. Um, and again, track five, second album track, the quality for me not dropped a single iota. And I don't think it's going to let up as we go into track number six now, Dan. Yeah, huge. Oh, huge. So much to say. Stay. Stay. So that was Stay. I feel like I need to have a quiet sit down after that because we were singing our little hearts out to that. And listeners, you don't need to guess who is who. It's it's patently obvious when we're doing it. Mm. Yes. And but, it's... But inter- I'm going to say anymore. You have to guess, literally. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you just know. But again, a bit hyperbolic, but is this one of the greatest pop songs of all time? Literally, Will, on my notes here, the top point I've said is one of the best pop singles ever. It is absolutely phenomenal. But you can't make a claim of that without explaining yourself. Oh, you can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole structure of this song. It was, it's so different to so many pop songs that we know. And again, it's because of those two personalities of... Marcy and Siobhan and in this song of course they're playing characters in the video you see that even more but the way that you the way that it builds and the story continues and then you've got that huge climax uh, and even that late introduction of Siobhan and, and her verse on this it's just you know I could go on and on and we probably will go on and on for a little bit more but it's just simply a phenomenal track and yeah it's over halfway through before Siobhan comes in and I think the joy of it is the anticipation for that bit. Because up until then, it's just incredible production. When you just listen to it, you can hear all the atmospheric layers that are in there as well. But again, Marcy's stunning voice, centre yeah. stage. It's so emotional as well. And as we know, and as we've said many times, the best pop music uh, is emotional. And emotional pop music doesn't have to be slow. It can be powerful. It can be banging. It can be loud. Uh, but something that stays with you after you finish listening to it. Yeah, and this one filled with emotion, like you said, but also kind of like two two forms of emotion with this one because I think about the track and the lyrics and the story and that's an emotional thing and, and how it's delivered and with the sounds, that's an emotional thing. But also when I think back to this time, to 1992, I I hear this song and I think about 
you know, when we were down at the pub or when we were out in the car or when the TV was on or whatever. This song just soundtracked that year, didn't it? So it brings back so many personal memories. I must add, in the pub with my family, probably having a kid's meal because I was only six years old at the time. You just had to lead. You just you didn't need to say that, Dan. Just to stick the knife in there, but yes, I was a bit, I was a bit older than that. Little bit, little bit older than that. Little bit older. Not old enough to go to the pub on your own, though. No, 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 no. Dan, give us the intel on this, because, I mean, it was a number one, obviously. Not obviously, but it's a great pop song, so it deserved to go to number one, and it rightly did go to number one. What else was going on at the time? So, yeah, this entered the charts at number 27 in January of 92, and then five weeks later, it climbed to number one, where it spent eight weeks there. And actually, rather than me telling you week on week who was what and who was what. <laughs> Thank God for that. I know. We haven't got the time. These are the tracks. Just to, just to mix it up a bit, Will. These are the tracks that peaked at number two at that time and didn't quite make it to number one. These were held off by Shakespeare's sister. So you've got The Temptations with My Girl. Of, of course, a, a reissue the of film, that one. The film. Yeah. The film. Uh, Shanice with I Love Your Smile. do 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 I love your smile. <laughs> uh, CC Pediston with finally. Oh, finally. Second mention of CC this episode. Um, and also Def Leopard with Let's Get Rocked, which I honestly couldn't hum to you, Will. Uh, and then eventually, after eight weeks, this was knocked off by. It's a, such a shame this one knocked it off for, t- for two reasons. Right, said Fred, deeply dippy. One, because. You know, it's a bit novelty. It's a shame that knocked it off. But also because they turn out to be quite... Um... Quite nasty, bitter individuals. Yeah. Uh, with some, quite not questionable views, but some bad, bad, bad men. Bad views. Bad views from bad men. Mm. Oh, sounds like a... That sounds like that. Oh, I was going to say, that sounds like that VHS you've got under your bed. <laughs> I will give you a back at some point. And this track... <laughs> Sorry, I just said what you said. This track has definitely cemented its cultural place in uh, in history, such as such as it is that it's been covered uh, and paid homage to many times. Dan, you would be thinking about Sher Lloyd from X Factor. Mm. I'm more thinking about French and Saunders. Oh yeah, if yeah, you know, if you did something right in the pop music world, French uh, certainly in in the '90s, French and Saunders parodied you and of course they did Lanin any new new so only right that they did Shakespeare's sister as well and I think they probably bloody loved that as well because you know what you were no one in the 80s and the 90s unless French Saunders had either spoofed you or invited you to make a guest appearance on one of their many vessels Mm. Uh, the other the other iconic cover of this one will was of course when Banana Rama performed it with Siobhan on the original oh, lineup yes. tour. And there was uh wasn't a dry eye or seat in the house once when it first started. I remember you leapt out of your chair. Mm. Honestly, I, I have got goosebumps thinking about it now because it was such a strange union. I didn't expect it to happen. And from all accounts, Siobhan didn't want it to happen at first. I think Sarah and Karen had to had to persuade her. But it was such a wonderful moment of the show. They went from cheers then and Siobhan leaving the stage and then her coming back in for her iconic part in Stay. 
And I, the only the only nitpick I had with that original lineup tour, I'd have loved to have heard a couple of their more recent songs, but that's just a minor. Sorry, oh, sorry, here sorry, we sorry. Go. Here we go. Now on the songwriting of this one, Will. So this was Siobhan, Marcy, and Dave Stewart writing this one with uh, the girls Alan Mulder and Chris Thomas. So a, such a strong team working on the track. And apparently it came to be that it was Dave Stewart's idea. He he brought the, the music. They all met at Marcy's house because she had a studio there. They started putting the song down. And then that Stay With Me, I had to think if that's what it was then, that Stay With Me <laughs> line, that was Marcy's. And it's just one of those so simple choruses that, of course, helped build the track. Uh, and then Siobhan wrote a lot of the lyrics as well. But what's really interesting about this one, I think, is that Siobhan, for a long time, did not want this as a single. She, I think she was fighting tooth and nail with the record company for it not to be released. And then, as it was getting more and more success and spending eight weeks at number one, I think she wasn't too happy about that because, A, because she didn't think it was a good representation of Shakespeare's sister's sound, but also rumours in the background about her feeling maybe a little bit jealous that Marcy, of course, gets the limelight on this song and this is the one that did so well. But it has to be said as well, Siobhan struggling with some uh, depression and mental health issues at the time, which I'm, I'm sure played a big part in that as well. And we should mention the video because it was so good that it has been parodied uh, and celebrated, but wonderful, ethereal, out-of-this-world video to go with it. Yes, directed by Sophie Muller, who uh, worked with Annie Lennox on Diva and No Doubt and Don't Speak. But my favourite pop fact, Will, pop fact, is that the, you know, the comatose man in the video, he was played by one of Karen from Bananarama's exes. That's uh, quite vindictive, actually. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm sure there's not. Well, yeah, actually good. Uh, also, it won Best Video at the Brits in 93. Dan, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. Yeah, we can't stay here. <laughs> here it is, Black Sky. Black Sky there and Will, I've got two words for you. If it I know what it I know what you're gonna say. Well, I've got a few variations on two words actually. I've got stone roses, I've got shoegaze, yeah. and I've got mad chester. Yeah. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Uh, and you can cross that off your track by track bingo card if you had that, or finish your drink, whichever version of the of the game you're playing. But I know what you mean, uh, and I this is one of my favourites on the album because I love the indie dance beats running through that. It's very fool's gold. It is very of its time as well, and there is a wonderful uh, expanded and remastered version of this album, uh, which we might touch on in further listening. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. But uh, certainly uh, there's some great remixes that really feed even further into that early 90s dance sound. If you're, if you're mad for it. 
That wasn't an impression, was it? No. No. No impressions in just, 2022. No. Just singing. Just, just yeah, badly. Lots of. It's probably more offensive actually the singing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love how they clearly embrace so many different sounds because this is track seven and we haven't really had a song that sounds like this and takes those influences in yet. But here it's it's so in your face. It's dance. It's rave culture influences, but it's rocky as well. And particularly when there's that keyboard breakdown and kind of those shifting beats and those shimmering synths, you know, if you heard this without the vocals, yeah, I think you could well believe it was Happy Mondays or Stone Roses or something like that. You once had a breakdown on a keyboard, didn't you? <laughs> My computer keyboard, actually. It was when you lost that Pet Shop Boys episode and we had to record again. That is not far from the truth at all, actually. <laughs> quite, pa- quite painful to talk about stuff. And that actually did happen. Mm. Yes, and it was uh, certainly not our favourite week of Track by Track. Great episode came out of it, though, didn't it? The part yeah. two. Could have mm. been even better. Anyway, we've had that argument a thousand times. So on the album, Will, this one merges beautifully with the next track. So should we go into that one? Let's go for it. This is The Trouble with Andre. Trouble with Andre there, Dan. I love the way it just leads straight from Black Sky into Trouble with Andre, and a more kind of low-fi dance beat with some fantastic electronic pulses running through that. And then I think, oh, it sounds a bit like Goldfrap. But then when you think you've got the measure of the song, that guitar comes in and just lifts it even further up. Really lovely. Yeah, and I'm sort of fast forwarding to the end of the track because the guitar how it, the guitar and the strings i should say how it fades out as well is really really stunning but rewinding back to the track itself i just think the storytelling of this one is so great yet again and also you've got the it really feels like an incredible duet from the girls taking it in turns it's almost like they're i know him so well or something like that but they know andre so well <laughs> are we going to record an episode of this bloody podcast without us mentioning that song no, absolutely not. <laughs> you know that. And I love when they're, t- when they're singing the chorus and taking it in turns for their lines. I love that. And he sees and he knows. But yeah, it's, it's really, it's one of my favourites on the album, actually. And it's one of those tracks where, you know, I can't really define why it is. But whenever this one comes in, I think it's just that kicking chorus and that huge outro. There's just so much love about it. I think the thing I love about this track is that the first strains of when that guitar comes in, because I literally, to myself, when I heard it for the first time, went, whoa, (laughs) wow, 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 wow. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Also, Will, I am led to believe that Katie Price is actually releasing a cover of this called The Trouble with Peter Andre to promote her Mucky Mansion (laughs) programme. Or the trouble with Peter Andre's kids yeah. <laughs> is that they're Peter Andre's. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a mucky mansion? And that's not a euphemism. No. 
It is vast and it is disgusting. Track nine now. Moonchild. I'm really sorry to do this, and I really don't want to do this. What a great time to talk about fantastic album artwork. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, and and we'll get on to talking about the song because it's great in a minute, but the artwork is wonderful. Uh, it's the two of them perfectly summing up their characters, I think. Uh, Marcy is dressed very, very sveltely, very plainly in uh, in black uh, and Siobhan has got a sweater that says sex on it and baggy jeans, and she's cocking her legs askew. Mm. Uh, and I think it just sums up perfectly the relationship they have. Yeah, it really does. I've, and I liked that throughout this campaign, that black and white faded, very them dressed kind of very dark and dark makeup and stuff like that. Um, stuck with it. But yeah, it's a great album cover. But the track... The track is great. It does start off a bit slowly, but then that chorus comes in. And again, it's the two the two different voices, the two different styles kind of fighting for attention in the track. Uh, and that fight means a great, a great sound for us. Yeah, really like this one. And it really plays to the sci-fi elements that are peppered throughout the album. And therefore, this is a great time to talk about the film Cat Women of the Moon which is a 1953 B-movie, uh, which inspired this and some of the other tracks on the album, some of the videos and things like that as well. And one of the things that I loved reading about when I was uh, researching this album is that, uh, I'd say the band, certainly Siobhan, wanted to buy the rights to the film because apparently it's an, it an old, unknown B-movie. Uh, and they wanted to almost uh, re... not remake it, but put into it some scenes with the band in it and put the film out there again uh, oh, but they weren't able to london records didn't want us didn't want to pay for it tight boogers uh but yeah do check out cat women of the moon from 1953 uh if you get a second it's probably on netflix or something <laughs> do you want to see think it's on netflix no uh but what i do like about that sci-fi element is i think again just to throw another name another inspiration into the mix uh, a little bit David Bowie-esque. Oh, of course, mentioned before, but yeah, a little bit Bowie-esque here. I could appreciate that, yes. <laughs> he likes a bit of sci-fi. So, track 10 then. I wonder if this one is also influenced by Catwomen from the Moon. This is... I love something I'm a superhuman 3D baby A Hollywood brainchild to drive So that was Catwoman there, and this is where things get a little bit rockier, but 
I would probably more say glam rock. And I would definitely say this has to be a link to that film as well. It can't be a coincidence. <laughs> well, that's where you're wrong, because this is actually based on the Catwoman character from the DC Batman comics. Oh, really? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wonder how many people who weren't aware of the, of the Catwoman of the Moon thing just assumed this was about Catwoman, as in Catwoman. I hope. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Do you like it? I really like this one. Yeah, definitely glam rock. A bit of a bit of a dirty stomper, this one, Will, with a bit of low brass hiding in there as well. It's a dirty stop out. <laughs> and again, the vocals delivered in unison, quite rare for Shakespeare's sister, but working really well on this one. And again, because it is so uh, such a strong intro, I feel like it's the, the two of them coming together. Uh, power in numbers, Will, that's what I'm trying to go for. Yes. Girl power. And actually talking of, now you've just said that, that's reminded me of something I didn't say about Stay. Um, that was number one for eight weeks. That's a record for the most amount, most amount of weeks at number one for a girl group. And they still hold that record. So even the mighty Spice Girls couldn't break that. Track number 11 now. And this is the original and best version of <laughs> Let Me Entertain You. Let me entertain you there. Of course, nothing to do with the Robert Williams track. But again, just to throw something into the mix of some more incredible influences, you can really hear talking heads from the off on that one. And a little bit of Duran Duran too, I think, with the funk of the guitar and the woos. A bit of Wild Boys. I maybe. do love the whoo. Actually, not Wild Boys, more... Uh... Anyway, I'm getting getting too bogged down in the specifics there, but I love how this is so simple uh, musically, musically and lyrically, but it allows Siobhan to deliver those breathy, (laughs) broody lines, and then for Marcy to give it all the mm mm mms. I love the kind of persistent funky slinky sexy guitar running through this as well and that makes it for me as well well actually the hers do but the the guitar also helps i mean we alluded to it a few times today but the middle eight of this one is so great because musically again there's so much going on and throughout this album musically there's so much going on and i I just think you can really tell that um in Marcy, they had a multi-instrumentalist. And of course, it took working with Siobhan for her to to create this. So not taking away from anyone there. Okay, we're on to the last track of the album proper. And it's not petering out. I'm going to say that up front. Absolutely not. It is Hello, Turn Your Radio On. Hello, hello, turn your radio on. Is there anybody out there? Tell me what went wrong. 
turn your radio on. I mean, from the off, this feels like the album closer, doesn't it? There can't have been any question on what song of these 12 should have closed the album. It's like the end of the show, the end of the B-movie, almost Rocky Horror-esque. Yeah, it's it's the end, but they're going out with a, a belter and this slow burn as it rises and rises to this crescendo of a song is absolutely fantastic and very clearly intended i think to be the the last the last track on the album um it's a great showcase for their music for their production but also there's a wonderful guitar in there as well yeah wonderful guitar also wonderful bit of a hop hopsichord in there as well hmm yeah. Bit of uh, lots of those sci-fi effects again that you would that you found throughout, but you'd expect in this track as well, and the piano at the end to close it as well, just absolutely stunning. And I would say, and and you'll probably smack me down for this, I would say one of the one of the strongest album closers we've spoken about. And this was the fourth single as well from the album. Uh, so single worthy or not, or a great ending album track, I'll let you decide. But it did get to number 14 in the charts. Yeah. Do you mean you're going to let me decide or let the listener decide? No, not you. I don't oh, let you sorry. decide. Sorry. Well, I'll talk about the single then. Yes, it did get to number 14. Uh, interestingly, when this was 14, number 13 was Sleeping Satellite by Tasman Archer. I always put that song and stay like in my brain. They're filed next to each other. I think it's something to do with the videos or whatever and just the time they were released. That's by the by. Uh, number one at the time will end of the road by boys to men um but also a new entry at number 12 whitney houston i will always love you which of course went on to be number one forever and this was november of 92 just a word as we reach further listening time in a second just a word on the album performance uh number three uk album fantastic did really well across europe as well uh, and it was extremely well received as well by reviewers, by commentators at the time. I think there was definitely a lot of critical acclaim for the charm and the different styles and approaches in the album. But most most of all, the two artists together and how they complement uh, but are different from each other. And I think with all of that in mind, it's such a shame that this today is the last album from Siobhan and Marcy as Shakespeare's sister. They've, Of course, they did the EP a couple of years ago. There is talk, Marcy even said uh, as near as last year, that there's talk of new material from the two of them as well, which I'm sure we all really hope happens. But yeah, it's such a shame how things did end. But then again, there's the lovely line on Hello, Turn Your Radio On. Life is a strange thing. Just when you think you know how to use it, it's gone. And I guess really we never do know and at the time they didn't know and maybe even now i'd love to know all these years later 30 years on do they even know now how to how to use life does anyone know the bigger no. questions on track by track of course it's not sunday morning bbc <laughs> one so it's time for some further listening and as i mentioned earlier we are blessed with a remastered and expanded version of hormonally yours and because we'd love to talk more about shakespeare's sister in future we're going to stick within this text so dan from the remastered and expanded version what have you gone for for your further listening on today's track by track it sounds like i've been really lazy because this is the track that follows hello turn your radio on on that listening it sounds like i've just listened to that and gone for it that's not the case listeners but this is a wonderful additional song this is 
Remember my name. remember my name this was the b-side to i don't care in the uk and the b-side to stay in the us for me will an incredible b-side but could quite easily have been on the album as well it's that strong and what i particularly like about this one is the sci-fi effects again this time even more vintage um but also plays into the funkier side of the band sound as well what is that sound it's like like someone's blowing a blowing a comb with, <laughs> which is you know what they that's what they used back in the day, wasn't it? On those B <laughs> movies as sound effects, so it could well be Dave Stewart blowing on his comb. And that's not a euphemism. That's absolutely not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fame. No, remember my name there, Stunner. <laughs> Will, what have you gone for? Oh, we're heading back to some 90s dance for my choice. And here is the BTO remix of Goodbye Cool World. Remix there, goodbye, cool world. Uh, and we've not just gone to 90s dance, we've gone full on rave up there. You've got tambourines, you've got pianos, you've got the, the track is still there as well, the vocals are still there as well. But this is just seven minutes of glory, absolutely wonderful. And for my personal highlight, is about the five minute mark when things just go off. Yeah, and I love that we talked about so many influences within the album Hormonally Yours. But then so many tracks were released as well as remixes. So you had the BTO remix of this. You had the incredible dub extravaganza of Black Sky. There was a remix of uh, Stay as well, which doesn't better the original, of course. But yeah, this one, you could well imagine being at a rave off your rocker. Um, but it still has those elements of the original track as well. Banger. We're... Out, of, out time. of time. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And that was our first Shakespeare's Sister episode. So do let us know what you think to Shakespeare's Sister, what you think to Hormonally Yours, um, and also which Shakespeare's Sister album should we do next at Track by Track UK. Oh, Dan, I've had a lovely day. Oh, well, you look a bit wiped out now. Made, made up. Yeah, I'm absolutely shattered. So we're going to toddle off soon. But yes, do let us know what you think about them. Don't forget, you can also find us on Patreon where we have much, much more available, more episodes than ever. Uh, If you join us, uh, subscribe and support the podcast on Patreon where we have extra episodes, the weeks when we don't have one uh, everywhere. We've got Further Listening, uh, which is our exclusive series as well. 
And we've also got episode voting, so every month you can decide which album we're talking about. If you're listening at time of recording, next week the patrons have voted for Sparks' Gratuitous Sax and Census Violins, which is also our 20th exclusive episode over on Patreon. We are, as ever, very keen to put ourselves in your hands. So until next time, thank you for listening. I've been hormonally yours. And I've been a Catwoman. Goodbye. Goodbye. From the moon? No, just from uh, Uranus. Oh, no. Do be safe, listeners. Always put a helmet. Yes, always put a helmet on that little soldier. Ah, oh, a policeman. That's lovely. One of those big muffs on a beef eater. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got one as well, actually. Never see you down the farmer's market with it on. You never see me down the farmer's market. Well, no, because I'm always down there first thing to get all the uh, all the ripe veg and uh, you're still in bed. No, I'm there at the end of the day to get all the reduced items. Snuffling for, snuffling for all the bargains. Like all a, the yeah. whoop stickers. Yeah.